Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today and Montana is apparently very excited for me to see this one. I, I am. I'm super excited. I'm a little um, worried. Yeah. Anytime you're excited, I'm a little worried. Uh today I'm gonna tell Samantha about Edward Teach, also known as Blackbeard. <laughs> but before we get started, Samantha. What are we drinking? Samantha had give, no idea what I was doing. <laughs> give me a minute to find it. What the heck? <laughs> we're gonna put poison. Something. Okay, we're we're gonna put poison in it. Apparently, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> All right, so we are apparently drinking the Blackbeard cocktail. If you can't tell, I'm not actually drinking it since I wasn't given the recipe until just now. But you know, it's fine. Hey. Um, I kind of want to try this though, just because it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. One ounce of spice rum, half ounce of Fernet Bran- Branca, maybe. One and a half ounces creme de, I never know Coca. how to say that. Creme de Coca. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a co- co- uh, chocolate liqueur. Yeah. Okay. One eighth of a teaspoon of squid ink. That's optional, but you want this thing to look black, obviously, black beard cocktail. You can just use and black a- food coloring. <laughs> And a half an ounce of chocolate stout. You'll start by adding the spiced rum, fernet, and creme de, de cocoa, whatever, to your shaker. Next, you're going to add the squid ink. Careful, this stuff stains. Thanks for the warning. I would assume it does. I yeah. think regular squid ink does. Give the ingredients a hard, dry shake. No ice. This will help thoroughly incorporate the ink. Fill your shaker with ice and shake vigorously for a full 30 seconds so your drink becomes cold. Double strain into a chilled cocktail glass and top with the chocolate stout. And it looks really cool. Yeah, it does. And it's Also, I'm a little scared to try it. It's very stout. Um, well, yeah, stout I would think so. <laughs> yeah, with a stout beer on top. Okay. So, uh, cheers. Here's to Blackbeard in our spooky season. Also, just um, after advance, after warning of my lack of editing podcasts and sending them out, we have them recorded. (laughs) 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 Put them out, like I said. um, We're very tired. We're so tired. And as someone who just came off a four to five day trip to um, a city that never sleeps, and I can honestly attest to that. I'm very tired and I still have a full-time job with full-time stepmom responsibilities and a test I'm working on. So Montana has her own full-time multiple things too. So like little minty bees. This is needed. <laughs> like <laughs> little minty bees here and there, oh. <laughs> you know, the huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, appreciate your patience and bonus episodes are coming. Yeah, they are. I know I I know I said in the like description of last week's episode I was going to release it on Saturday. Okay. And uh I woke up Saturday and was like, "Oh, you didn't edit it. Oh well, you've already disappointed them at this point. Just keep going." <laughs> like <laughs> If you guys don't know what it's like to live with ADHD, it's literally terrible <laughs> it's the, Chaos is the best way to describe it yeah pretty much so i'm gonna tell you about edward teach 
Um, my resources today are primarily a, a book. Um, it's called Blackbeard the Pirate, a reprisal of his life and times by Robert E. Lee. Not that Robert E. Lee. <laughs> okay. Just to clarify. Um, it's for the clarification. Uh, also, uh, a, an article from Britannica, um, which love Britannica. Great for looking up stuff like this. Obviously, Wikipedia um, article on Blackbeard, and then um, NorthCarolinaGhost.com, and then another couple of articles on Wikipedia, just stuff that I referenced throughout the show because I didn't know what it was. And if I don't know what it is, uh, I just assume nobody else does. So I look it up anyway. It's a fair assumption. Yeah. If you want more inf information about any of that stuff, go to the show notes um, and check it out for yourself. You're in there. So, here's the thing. I've never claimed to be able to follow instructions. <laughs> no, you've been very clear that you are not able to follow instructions regularly. In fact, why did I write it? <laughs> I wrote all of this. This is nonsense. In fact, during interviews, I make it clear that I can't. And I go <laughs> off on side quests a lot. And somehow, they keep hiring me. Who knows why? I just got a new job, too. Um, I wonder if they ask that question after you start working there. Uh, it's too no. late now. We already hired her. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Your mistake. Um, Can't say I didn't warn you. With that said, I had originally planned on covering something else that a listener suggested to us. And don't worry. I'm going to cover it at some point. There are a myriad of reasons I did end up covering. I didn't end up covering that. One being my inability to bring myself to cover that that specific topic. With notes written and ready to go, I found I didn't have it in me to cover it. So I wanted to go with a lighter topic, or you know, something you all know I'm insanely interested in: the ukulele. Just kidding. Sure. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> or just roll with it, but let's go. <laughs> Whatever you say, Montana. It's I a wild ride, but I'm buckled in, so I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I just wish somebody could live in my head for like five I don't minutes. think anybody should ever have to do that. Um, Yeah, I don't think anyone should. I can't tell you why I'm so interested in boats or pirates. I don't think, I don't think that I was as a child. But I don't know. I literally like blocked out most of my childhood. So maybe I was the playground pirate queen. Possibly. It's, it's like, I don't know anyone's guess at this point. Um, You'll cover that in therapy later. Probably. Um, I was about to say my therapist's name. I'm not going to do that. She <laughs> listens to our podcast. <laughs> so, hi. Uh, I'm going to bleep your name. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you remember. Uh, hopefully. All right. So on to our topic of the day. Edward Teach. Alternatively spelled Edward Thatch. So it's Teach like teacher. Um, or Thatch. T-H-A-T-C-H. Uh, he was born sometime in like the 1680s. They think. Uh, okay. This is obviously going to be a very clear 
Yeah, case. what was... Yeah. Hang on. Give me that. That is not yours. That is your brother's. I, I had to get... She had his toy. <laughs> that would be my guess. Um, She looks very confused in the background, by the way. She has dementia. <laughs> Do I leave that in or do I just leave <laughs> She looks particularly confused. Well, yeah, probably. Um, so not much is known about his early life. Uh, while he is mostly referred to as Blackbeard, I'm going to refer to him as Teach throughout this. Because that... A lot of people called him Blackbeard. But, like, his name was Edward Teach. And I'm, like, giving quotes. Um... Because there were several different names for him. Okay. I'm not going to get into, like, all the different names that they told him, but pretty much it was some sort of, like, his surname was always different. It was always Edward, but it was, like, Edward Teach or Edward Thatch or Edward Thack. T-H-A-C-K. I mean, he was a pirate, right? So he probably gave different names. Yes. There is one claim that his surname was uh, Drummond. D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D. So it would have been like Edward Drummond. Uh, but we like, there's no actual evidence that that was his actual name. Okay. Um, in fact, Edward Teach probably wasn't even his real name. Like you said, pirates often used fictitious surnames while engaging in piracy. So they wouldn't tarnish their family's name. Who the heck's going to give their real name when they're in the middle of a crime? No, I know. Um, okay, there are definitely some people, but a smart person would not. No, definitely not. I just, when I read that, I was like, that's, that's pretty smart. And I was like, now that you, now that you mentioned it, like I was, I was doing this whole research, like, you know, pirates are cool. And like, my mindset was on the other side of it. Like, yeah, pirates, they're like the rebels of everything. And uh, let's let's do this whole thing, especially during this time frame. And uh, as you put it, um, they are criminals. And so criminals are <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it in that aspect. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Imagine that. Criminals not giving their real name. So, so uh, oops, Especially the- during a time that that was basically all that anybody had. A description and a name that was given to them. They didn't have pictures. They didn't have anything to provide to anybody except for their own description. So they just had to go off of whatever the person gave them. So why would you give them your real name? Exactly. Um, Should have thought about that sooner. Um, Didn't. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing on my part. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. So I will say, and I don't like, I don't go over it like in my show notes, but basically like, being a pirate during this time, and especially like Blackbeard, and a lot of these pirates, it was kind of like a gray area. And like, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, it's okay to steal and it's okay to pillage and blah 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 blah. But at the same time, you would really enjoy One Piece. Oh yeah, yeah, you would really is. enjoy it. It's a anime, um, but it's based on pirates. And it's like you end up just falling in love with the pirates. You can't I help love it. pirates so much. I don't know. Why. <laughs> but it also never ends. So, eh. but, but but my point is, like back in that time, those pirates were stealing from like Britain um, mm-hmm. ships, and they were well, like, like Robin Hood. 
Yeah. They're stealing from the rich. And the British ships and all of those, like, European ships that were coming over, a lot of them had, like, slaves on board. And a lot of them were, like, pillaging the Native Americans. And a lot of them were, like, none of it was theirs to begin with. You know, colonization. So pirates were just... They also like, killed a lot of people, including innocent people, yeah, let's be frank. exactly. Um, <laughs> so, like, uh, kind of a win-win. Also, hang on. My dog is into something. I hear her tearing something up. I, I honestly forgot where we were at. Um, so I'm just going to go into my notes. <laughs> okay. That seems like a really good thought out plan. Probably. I'm proud of uh, you. This is Oh, hey, Oakley. Uh, episode. Uh, no, I think. To you by bad dogs. <laughs> yes, very bad dogs. <laughs> um, my whole point is like, I don't think that. Like, obviously, like, piracy is not cool and everything like that. But at the time, maybe it was. Especially if you weren't, like, physically harming anybody. And Blackbeard, there is no account of Blackbeard ever physically harming anybody. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> if you don't he was know. bad, but maybe not. Yeah. You know, uh, he he wasn't Robin Hood. He was just kind of Robin. So, um, nice. Yeah. Little... Sigu. Anyway. Anyway. So the 17th century rise of the Britons of Britain's American colony. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. You have to leave that one. <laughs> I I do. Jeez, that half a glass of wine really got to me. <laughs> the 17th century rise of Britain's American colonies and the rapid 18th century expansion of the Atlantic slave trade had made Bristol an important international seaport. And Teach was most likely raised in what was then the second largest city in England. He could almost certainly read and write. He communicated with merchants and when killed, had in his possession a letter addressed to him by the chief justice and secretary of the province of Carolina, Tobias Knight. Author Robert Lee speculated that Teach may therefore have been born into a respectable, wealthy family. He may have arrived in the Caribbean in the last years of the 17th century on a merchant vessel, possibly a slave ship. The 18th century author Charles Johnson claimed that Teach was for some time a sailor operating from Jamaica on a privateer ship during the War of the Spanish Spanish Succession, and that, quote, he had often distinguished himself for his uncommon boldness and personal <clears throat> personal courage. It is unknown at what point during the war Teach joined the fight, as with the record of most of his life before he became a pirate. In a lot of these, like, pirate stories, because um, I've, I've read about a few of them, there is a turning point and, like, a reason why they turned to piracy. And a lot of it is because they, they were privateers in um, the war efforts or in the navy or whatever and they could take on these like contracts with that they would make a certain amount of money but it was never quite enough money to really keep their crew and like 
things like that afloat. Haha, <laughs> that's a joke. Um, so they turn to uh, piracy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> they turn to piracy. But with him, there was no real, like, um, there was no turning point. He just had a moment where he was like, you know, it'd be cool. Piracy. I think it, I think a lot of it had to do with like the influence of the people that were around him. Um, and who he was kind of like riding with at the time, like not in a car, but in a boat. Why are you doing that with your hands? I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had, I wish I hadn't done it. Um, <laughs> But I can't this take it back now. Really good YouTube moment. If we've been recording the video. Ugh. Anyway, okay. new that was really distracting. I have no idea what you were saying. I know. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know why I keep apologizing. I'm really passionate about pirates. I noticed, and I want everybody to be as passionate about pirates as I am. But I know they're not, so <laughs> it's okay. Uh, new Providence, Montana. We can't compete. I I know I know. Um, I have really weird interest interests interests and like really weird like dislikes. Uh, still getting uh flag for the uh, whole uh, banjo thing. Um, so <laughs> that's a not a banjo fiddle, the whole fiddle thing. So thanks for that. Which fiddle me. thing? Um, the one where the ghost, like, he dies and he, like, dances. Yeah. Like, he's super fucking annoying and there's a fiddle involved. And I said, what type of hell is this? Or something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, you can't talk about people in the South and say something like that. It's not allowed. Okay. Um, there are better instruments to play in the afterlife. Why the fuck would you choose That's a why play? your dad calls you a Yankee. Oh, my God. It's statements like that. Thank God my dad doesn't listen to this podcast, but all of his <laughs> friends do. So, hi, dad's friends. Can you tell him I talk shit about him on my podcast? He might start listening if he can figure it out. Like, my dad has never claimed to be supportive, <laughs> but his friends are, and that's what matters. That's what matters. Anyway, why have one extra listener when you can have five or six? Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, uh, New Providence is an island in the Bahamas, and in the 17th and 18th century, it was. And actually, like now, it's like one of the most populated islands in the Bahamas and all that stuff. But uh, in the 17th and 18th centuries, it was a hotbed for piracy. Due in part to the fact that it was within easy reach of the Florida Strait, and it was a busy shipping lane used by European vessels crossing the Atlantic. Makes sense. It was also perfect for pirates because it could accommodate hundreds of ships, but was also too shallow for the Royal Navy's larger vessels. So so they... They would, like, go out, rob these ships, and then they would just, like, scoot back over there, and those bigger ships couldn't get them. They were like, oh, darn, like, oops, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh... I, I'm thinking right now is the cartoon Aladdin when he's running away from those huge guards, and he can just slip into places because he's so small and jumps around and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Never mind. I'm gone. You can't follow me and you have to take the long way around. It reminds me, there was a video game. There was an Aladdin video game. And that was like, uh-huh. 
that was it. That was the whole game was you just like either like magic carbon riding like through mm-hmm. lava and shit like that, or you like trying to escape, run away from the guards <laughs> from somebody. So, uh, <laughs> oh, what a nostalgic feeling! That's another one where it's a criminal. Technically, <laughs> we're celebrating hey, the criminal, but <laughs> but also he was starving. So yeah, I mean capitalism uh, it kills us all. Uh, uh, Edward Teach was one such pirate who came to enjoy the island's benefits. It's believed that shortly after the signing of the Treaty of Utrecht, and I'll look this up, and I hope I said that right, uh, he moved there from Jamaica and, along with most privateers, once involved in the war. I'm not going to go into the treaties that were going on, but one of the main ones that we're going to kind of like go over, we're not going to like go into detail about, but I talk about later is the um, uh, Royal Treaty and it covers like piracy. Anyway, there are a bunch of treaties that were signed during this time. Uh, Basically the, I talk about it later in the episode, but when I was reading over my notes, uh, earlier, I realized I kind of like didn't talk about the Royal Treaty. Um, basically, there was this treaty that was put out in, I think it was 1718, um, that d- just basically like dismissed piracy uh, as long as you like turned yourself in before a certain time period. So like the treaty basically said, if you turn yourself in by September, such and such date, September, something 1718, you are fine. But what they didn't tell a lot of pirates was that, um, you can turn yourself in and like admit to what you did as long as none of your piracy was documented or that you did any piracy after like January 5th, 1718. So they kind of, it was kind of like a gotcha moment. Like, hey, you can turn your sign print and we'll, we'll pardon you. But uh, you can't have done any like, you know, piracy stuff. Then, I feel like this is a Santa Claus moment. You know what I'm talking about? The movie Santa Claus where it's like all in the border. It's like put on the red suit and then on the border it says, if you put on the red suit, then you become Santa Claus and da 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 It's all in the trim, but you have to have like a 20 times magnifier to be able to read it. I feel like it was the trim around this treaty yeah, pretty much. that it was in there. You just couldn't read it. That's um, that's a lot of things that happen within our <laughs> uh, society uh, and all of that junk. Uh, just like we talked about with the USS North Carolina, there are ways around things and uh, our government will find a way. If there's will, there is a way. They really get upset when you do it, though. Yeah, they do. They truly do. Um, anyways, I just wanted to kind of like blanket that because I do talk about some treaties. Uh, they're important, but uh, go and look them up on your own time. Anyway, I mean, I did. I'm just not going to go over them because everybody gets bored when I talk about that kind of shit. I appreciate it. Anyways, uh, blah, 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 blah. So most likely around 1716, he joined the crew of Captain Benjamin Horningold. Yes. Totally not made up. No, it's not. Actual person. A renowned pirate who operated from New Providence's safe waters. In 1716, Horning Gold placed Teach in charge of a sloop he had taken as a prize. I 
didn't know what a sleep is and it's all through my notes. Like I was reading this book and I was like, what the fuck is a sleep? Um, so I looked it up, uh, as I do. And, uh, a sloop is a sailboat with a single mast, typically having only one uh, head sail in front of the mast and one main sail after the mast. That's like behind the mast. So it's like the three, it's your typical sailboat, whatever. Okay. What you would see nowadays, only like, you know. Obviously. Like, you didn't know that? Yeah. I uh, didn't know that. I bet Paul did. Um <laughs> <laughs> Probably. (laughs) In early 1717, after Horningold and Teach, each on their own um, boats or sloops, uh, set out for the mainland, they captured a few boats and took barrels of flour. And on another one, they took 100 barrels of wine from one. I can get behind that. Same. I mean, I'm here for it. Um, Here's the deal, though. After those sloops were captured and robbed, it seemed that the two captains might have had some difficulty controlling their crew. It's believed they developed a taste for Madeira wine. And... (laughs) and, and, uh, Who knew that was coming? (laughs) I had no idea. I was super shocked. Um, <laughs> Why is the room gone? <laughs> Where's the room? Uh, if somebody popped up with a jar of dirt, I'm going to leave this. On September 29th, near Cape Charles, all that they took from the Betty of Virginia, the Betty of Virginia's abode, was her cargo of the same wine, the Madeira wine, before scuttling her with the rest of the cargo. They didn't care about anything else. They just like... I feel like that's counterproductive because they're just going to drink all the wine. So they're not really making any money here. Right. Um, I mean, they're not spending it, right? They're drinking all of it. That but, from, from what I could find, that's what it seemed like, or what was written. It seemed <laughs> like they had a taste of it, and some of the shenanigans right. that happened later, uh, I can believe it. <laughs> I've done some crazy stuff on wine, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, same. Um, same. It was during this cruise that Horningold, um, the early. Uh, it was during this cruise with Horningold that the earliest known report of Teach was made. So, like, kind of everything up up to this point wasn't kind of recorded, but everything after this is recorded. So we have a lot more details about um, Teach or Blackbeard, whatever, um, in which he is recorded as a pirate in his own right. In command of a large crew, in a report made by a Captain Matthew Munthy on an anti-piracy patrol for North Carolina, Thatch, um, so in his notes, Munthy recorded him as Thatch, not Teach. Was, okay. You know, it gets confusing. Was described as operating a, um, quote, a sloop six guns and about 70 men in September 
Teaching Horning Gold encountered Steed Bonnet, a landowner and military officer from a wealthy family who had turned to piracy earlier that year. Bonnet's crew of about 70 were reportedly dissatisfied with his command, so with Bonnet's permission, Teach took control of his ship, the Revenge. The pirate's flotilla... I like that name for a ship, by the way. Uh, the Revenge stays around for a while. Like, how terrifying would that be if your ship was named that and it came at you? Especially as a pirate ship. It's not the Revenge. It's called Revenge. But I just say no. the Revenge because it's, like, typical, you know, language to, like, give it a title. Whatever. But still, Revenge. Um, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, um, I forget the word, uh, ironic that it's named that. And you'll see why later. Okay. So the pirates flotilla now consisted of three ships. Teach on the revenge. Teach's old sloop. So the one that he had been on before. And again, Teach's Blackbeard. And Horning Gold's The Ranger, or Ranger. By October, another vessel had been captured and added to the small fleet. The sloops Robert of Philadelphia and Good Intent of Dublin were stopped on October 22, 1717, and their cargo holds emptied. Was there anything left? I thought they were just getting wine and drinking it all. Well, this... This was like they actually commandeered this ship and they like took everything. Um, and the thing is, is like our pal Horningold only he was known for like only attacking enemy ships since he was fr from like the former British privateer. But like he was in that army or whatever. But towards the end of 1717, his greed kind of got the better of him, and he was quickly demoted. He took Ranger and one of the sloops and left Teach and with revenge in the remaining sloop. He pretty much retired at this point. So Horning Gold, he was out. He was like, he got caught like doing some shady shit that he said he was never going to do. And he was like, I can't live with this, bro. I'm peacing. Fair. I hope you guys really enjoy my dog drinking water in the background. There's a lot of information. Almost as much as the clackety clack of her nails. I, well, yeah. There's a lot of information about Blackbeard during his pirating years, but I'm going to like kind of summarize it a good deal over this next part. I don't have five hours to like go into great detail, but... On November 1717, Teach and his entourage attacked a French merchant vessel off the coast of St. Vincent. They killed several of the crew and took the ship, La Concorde, for their own. The ship was a slave ship and had a cargo full of slaves. Teach converted La Concorde for his own use and gave his other ship to the rest of the crew, which they named Moivase Reencontre. Reencontre. I looked it up earlier. It, it means bad meeting. Okay. Um, 
And it was a bad meeting because the slaves that didn't join Teach's crew, so these two different groups went separate ways, um, the slaves that didn't join Blackbeard or Teach, they were he left them on the island, but the bad meeting circled back around and picked those slaves back up and turned them back in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Assholes. Um yeah anyway also i know i said like in here that it said that they killed that crew um and i said earlier that like blackbeard or teach it was never documented that he killed anybody and in that account in like in that account it says that they were killed but there's no actual documentation that these people were ever actually killed they were probably stranded somewhere because it was very apparent that like Edward Teach didn't actually kill people. He either like stranded them somewhere and he like made this big like show about who he is as a person. Um, he made it seem like he was more, I don't know, bloodthirsty than he actually was. So, Teach immediately renamed La, La Concorde as, quote, the Queen Anne's Revenge, which some might actually know. I've heard of that. Yeah, I'm sure you have. And equipped her with 40 guns. Mm-hmm. Over the next several weeks, Teach beefed up his crew and ships by stealing them, duh. And on December 5th, 1717, he stopped a, a merchant sloop the Margaret and questioned the captain Henry Bostock for hours. He then released Bostock and his crew. Bostock scooted directly for Christopher Island where he snitched on Teach to Governor Walter Hamilton. In Bostock's deposition, he described Teach as a quote tall spare man with a very black beard which he wore very long. It is a very black beard. Yeah, it is. It As is opposed to a normal black beard. Like, I don't really understand that, but okay. I don't get it. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, there are, like, there are some accounts where people say, like, his beard was on fire because of his rage. Like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, stuff that it's a little you... lore mixed in there. Yeah, you gotta kind of, like, go through it. Um... But this, like, this dude didn't have any gray in his beard. Can you believe it? Well, considering he was probably. I wonder if that was actually that comes. I wonder if they were commenting on him as if he was young and it surprised them, actually. Well, he was young. But that's why I'm saying like, because, you know, men, their their beards and their like their mustache, their their uh, sideburns, they all get gray first, way before their hair does. That's true. So I wonder if he was just young and that was kind of their way of commenting on it. Well, so my husband is 33 and he's starting to get like a lot of gray and your husband, like my husband's getting a lot of gray in his beard and he's 33 and your husband is not 33. He is older than that. And he has gray. <laughs> a um, lot. A lot of gray. But black he's beard. He's gotten in the last five years and that is not my fault. That is totally his children's fault. But. True. Neither here nor there. If that that doesn't surprise me because Blackbeard, it's cl it's 
they don't know what age he actually was. And that's kind of like me making that point in the beginning that he was born in like the 1680s, they think. Maybe. Maybe. Because it's recorded that they believe he was between like 35 and 40 when he died. And just like spoiler alert, he dies uh, in the next year in like 1718. But um, so... If he didn't have any gray in his beard at that point, like when do men, men don't email us because I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Women email us and let us know if you were with a male say, partner. I can say partner. that when Paul and I first got together, he had very little gray in his beard and he would have been around 34, I think. I think he was just a little bit older than me. And it's gradually increased since then. So I would say like early 30s to mid 30s, you probably wouldn't. But after around the mid 30s, I feel like that's when you start to develop more, depending on your age. I don't think my dad got gray in his until he was maybe 40. Well, it could be genetic. And it was like that too. That's the other thing. Like sometimes it's gradual and then sometimes it's just like almost like overnight. You're just solid gray. It could be genetic. So I think it just depends. Because, like, I used to work with a coworker, and he was, like, solid gray, and he was younger than I was. And at the time, he was, like, in his early 20s. It was, like, a genetic yeah, like, I mean, thing. Actually, yeah, my uncle, my dad's brother, in his wedding photo, he's already gray. And he was only, like, maybe 21, yeah. 22. And he was already gray. So, I mean, I, it obviously depends, but it's just a, I, I didn't think about it until you said that somebody kind of made that comment. It's like, I wonder if that's why his name was, because it, it was like shocking that he was so young doing all of this. Well, it makes me think like maybe he wasn't like a hundred percent from Britain either. True. Cause you would think somebody would like that, you know, that type of genes. Well, Jet Black. Jet. But Jet Black, like, that that's not typical English either. No, it's not. Brunette, yes, but not black. That's usually, what, Spanish, Portuguese? Yeah. Heritage, and typically. Maybe some French. When he popped up, when he eventually, like, actually popped up, it was in Jamaica. And so, but everybody assumed he was from, like, a European country, like, Britain or something like that because he was so like educated and he was so like he carried himself like a merchant at the time which if he'd spent any time with them he would have learned their ways yeah. so so he could have it's interesting I've never believed it's, it's, from, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that people think that they must be from England or from Europe because they're cultured. Well, that's white supremacy <laughs> for you. <laughs> so that just kind of makes me laugh a little. But no, okay. I know that was what I was trying to get to without like actually going directly for it. But I just eventually just said <laughs> it. But the whole point is like, I mean, uh, they, sure, 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 sure. He were his teeth a really big hot mess? No, yeah, he probably wasn't English. <laughs> And I can say that because that's like 90% of my heritage. Oh, my God. It's not mine. I can't say it. <laughs> and I can attest to the bad teeth because I had braces for three years. Three long, painful years <laughs> to get some straight teeth. 
Oh my god. Uh, anyways, I went off on a tangent. Pretty much, <laughs> this this is the first account of him. And they also say later descriptions mention that his thick black beard was braided into pigtails, sometimes tied with small colored ribbons. Um, oh, he wanted to get fancy. He made it fancy. Um, he was also described as uh quote such a figure that imagination cannot form an idea of a fury from hell to look more frightful unquote i.e don't piss him off Uh, this some people go on to say like this is quoting a specific like person um but some people go on to say if this is like an embellishment um and to which i am going to say no because blackbeard was a peach um <laughs> of, course. of course um but basically a lot of people were saying a lot of these things like embellishing the way that he looked he wore like knee length boots and dark clothing topped with a wide hat and sometimes a long coat of brightly colored silk or velvet um he had like broad shoulders. My boy was was a bit flamboyant. <laughs> he was quite flamboyant. Um, yeah, trend setter. Sometimes he wore like a sl- a sling over his shoulders with three brace, like a three brace pistols. So like he had three different like yeah hanging in holsters. Um. This seems fabricated. And everything that you're saying just makes me think of like the famous quote, speak softly and carry a big stick. I feel like he had this persona that he wanted to have. But when it came down to it, he didn't actually want. At least that's what it seems like from what you told me. But it's like, I I want everybody to think I'm big, bad and tough. But when it comes down to it, I don't really want to kill you. So I'm just going to let you off here pretend that i like beat you to a bloody pulp and i won't come back and kill you for real yes and then exactly and like i think a lot of it was just like this word of mouth like rendition of what blackbeard was or what teach was I feel like he's playing up the look too because if he really had a black beard his hair was black he probably had even though they thought because he was cultured he must be from europe I wonder if he had kind of some Spanish or Portuguese look to him, which everybody thought meant that you had a fiery temper. Oh, yeah. Like, I I feel like he may have played up what people assumed about him, which maybe I've done it. Hey, I mean, it is what it is. I think a lot of this was like his own like cultivation of his own um, image to kind of like warn people away from him so he didn't have to do anything bad because account after account of him like because i don't even touch the surface of it he like will board uh ships and he will take them as prisoners but he'll only do it for like a day and then he'll just let them go and it's like, what was he doing? And that's like my whole thought process is he's cultivating like this image that people are then spreading out to make him seem worse than he is. You know, uh, I don't know. I'm going to let you go. If anybody asks, 
I was terrible. I was frightening. All the things. Just embellish it. Mm -hmm. Make me sound as bad as possible. Run with it. I give you full permission. But by all accounts, like he, he never murdered or harmed anyone that he held captive or anybody that he ran up on. There is one time that he does it. And um, yeah, it doesn't end well, for him. <laughs> but it's only we'll get to it. But anyways, uh, in March 1718, while taking on water at Turnef Island, east of Belize. Oh, I love Belize. Both ships, because if you remember, it's Teach and Bonnet. They're on t- two different sloops. Spotted the Jamaican wood cutting sloop adventure making for the harbor. She was stopped and her captain, Harriet, was invited to join the pirates. Harriet and his crew accepted the invitation and Teach sent over a crew to sell adventure making Israel Hands the captain. So this person's name is Israel Hands. They sailed for the Bay of Honduras, where they added another ship and four sloops to their flotilla. Whoa. On April 9th, teaches in large fleet of ships looted and burned Protestant Caesar. This is another ship. His fleet then sailed to Grand Cayman, where they captured a, quote, small turtler. Teach probably sailed towards Havana, where he may have captured a small Spanish vessel that had left the Cuban port because he actually ends up with a small Spanish vessel later on. And so they're just like assuming that's where he picked it up. Uh, They then sailed to the wrecks of the 1715 Spanish fleet off the eastern coast of Florida. There, Teach disembarked the crew of the captured Spanish sloop before proceeding north to the port of Charlestown, South Carolina, attacking three vessels along the way. So in May of 1718, he gave himself the rank of, quote, Commodore. Nice. Right? I wish I could give myself... Actually, I can't. (laughs) It's like the, the Pirates of the Caribbean. He's like, with Commodore, we'll give you the, the title of Commodore and we'll get you a big hat. Truly, this kind of sounds like Jack Sparrow. uh, I wonder if he based it off of, because he said he did a lot of research. I wonder if he based it off of it a little bit, but Barbosa, that's who it was. He was like, then you can have the term, the, the, uh, what's it? You can have the rank of Commodore. We'll call, I'll call you Commodore. You can have a big hat. That's just kind of what it reminds me of. I can see him do that. I don't think I've ever watched the Pirates of the Caribbean in like, oh my gosh. Um, no, hey, that's in the first one. I think so. that's the end. That's near the end of the first one. But it's just like he's he's bargaining, and that's what he bargains with the name, just, and he gets a big hat. I catch like thirty minutes here and there. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. Somehow it all makes that's sense. How you watch movies? That is how I watch movies. So this was at the height of his power, obviously, because he is just like ranking up his fleet at this point. He's well, like, and he's having to define his own rank at this point. Yeah, he has I to mean, keep adding to it i'm actually going to change my signature at work as commodore. <laughs> to commodore <laughs> uh i'm not gonna please do, do and send me a snap the first time you do it because i want to well, see it. you know i'm just crazy enough to do some shit like that yes you uh, are you've seen what i've done 
Um, he set up a blockade at the port of Charlestown in province of South Carolina. So this is kind of like near the Outer Banks. If you're looking at like the coast, it's right here. None of you can see that, um, but you know what I'm talking about. All ships in and out over the next few days were stopped and looted. One ship stopped was full of prominent Charlestown citizens. They were captured and held for half a day before Teach told them he required medical supplies from the colonial government of South Carolina. And that if none of if none were forthcoming, all prisoners would be executed, their heads sent to the governor, and all captured ships burned. Again, I think this is just like him like Hey, we're we're mean pirates, like we're gonna do bad things if you don't listen to us, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the captured men, Samuel Rags, agreed to get um, to like the demands. Teach sent a Mister Marks. <laughs> I forgot about this part. <laughs> Teach sent a Mister Marks and two pirates to Charlestown to gather the supplies. But after a couple of days, Teach grew worried until, um. He heard back that the boat had capsized and delayed their arrival to tar uh, Charlestown. So he, like, he said, okay, I'll wait for, like, two more days, right? But after another two days with no word, Teach moved eight of his ships into the harbor, which caused the town to go fucking ballistic. They're <laughs> like, oh, my God, pirates are on the coast. Like, what the fuck? Um, but then, like, Marx finally returns to the fleet, and he told Teach that he actually had gotten the supplies almost immediately when he got there, but that he had a hard time finding... It the was the wine! <laughs> yes! He had a hard time finding the two pirates who had escorted him to land, <laughs> because they had been out drinking with friends. I knew it! <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? Are you serious? This is, this is my life. This is a day in my life surrounded by people with ADHD. I swear. You can do all the stuff. Do all the shopping. I get everything done. All I need is for people to escort me back to where we went. And I show up and nobody's here. And when I finally find them, they've been partying and laughing and having a good time. And then they're like, oh. Oh, yeah. We had right. a job. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, that sucks. Sorry. Um. Yeah. I'll. I'll. I guess we'll take you. Motherfucker. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel for this person. I mean, um, the patience. Um, could you imagine being Marks? Like he's like, oh my god, this pirate lord is going to murder me and take send my Actually, head to yes. the governor. Yes, I can <laughs> totally, totally understand him. So. On June 10th, 1718, while attempting to intercede other ships, the Queen Anne's Revenge ran aground on a sandbar. She cracked her main, her main mace and severely damaged many of her timbers. Another of his main ships also ran aground, attempting to pull her from the bar, and both vessels were damaged beyond repair. There's different accounts of what happened here. Um, 
So I kind of like just high level summarized it for you. Pretty much two of his main ships in his fleet were damaged beyond repair. This left only the Revenge and the captured Spanish sloops in his fleet. Around this time, there was a royal pardon for piracy. This is what we talked about earlier. If you surrendered by September 5th, 1718, you were good to go. This pardon had... Wink. Wink. Um, Due to the pardon's um, stipulations, uh, some people were kind of sketchy about it, and Teach was definitely one of those people who were concerned. So, he sent his Captain of the Revenge to check it out before he tested it for himself. Bonnet. Smart. Bonnet, like, from all accounts, like, Bonnet was like, yeah, I'd like to go get pardoned. I don't want to, like, have a warrant out and get arrested and get hanged. Because back then, if you got caught for piracy, guess what? You get hanged. Um, So Bonnet went, and uh, he was pardoned. But when he returned, Teach had stripped the vessel of its valuables and provisions and marooned its crew. So uh, Blackbeard was like, hey, I took all your shit. I put your crew on an island. Um, best wishes. See Maybe you got pardoned and none, all this, none of this will matter. <laughs> yeah. See you in Bye, Bessie. Anyways, so um, Bonnet set out to stick it to Teach. Like, he was going to get revenge on the revenge. Uh, that's where I said that would pop up later. Hey. Yeah, I, I, I saw what you did there. Uh, but Bonnet quickly turned to piracy again. Because, uh, oops, we do what we know. Um you totally missed the opportunity. Oops, I did it again. But that's oh fine. shit, yeah. And her memoir just came out. I need to. I need to get that. Um, I don't need to get that. That's the last thing I need to get. Why don't you get it, read it, and then tell me all about it, so I don't have to. You know what? The last memoir that I got was um, "I'm Glad My Mother Died," and I couldn't get three chapters. I read into it. it, so uh, I read it. It was really good. Not gonna do it. Um. Thanks again, my therapist. I hope you're listening to this. Uh, it's a really good book, but you do need to be in a good place before you read it. Currently not. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. Anyways, Bonnet never found Teach. Um, and he was quickly captured in September 20th, on September 27th, 1718, which was like two weeks after that whole uh, pardon stuff went into effect. Him and his crew were tried and hanged in Charlestown. So, uh, he's out of the picture. Wow. Yeah. There was some talk that Teach actually ran his two main ships to ground to consolidate their spoils. Then talked Bonnet into, like, trying for the pardon so he could steal everything. But no one's quite certain. So, basically, they're saying, like, he, he wrecked two of his main ships, made them put all of the treasure on one ship so that he could like peace out with all of it. I mean, uh, I mean, smart tactic, plan. but there's yeah. no proof of that. Um, Teach did make it to governor Eden, who was the person who was like pardoning people per this treaty in June and received his own pardon. After this teach settled in bath, 
on the eastern side of Bath Creek on Plum Point near Governor Eden's home. That is on the Outer Banks. For anybody who is not familiar with this area. Um, it's said that he married the daughter of a local plantation owner at this time, but there's like no evidence of this. There's no evidence that Edward Teach Blackbeard was ever married. We don't even know his real name, so how would we have any evidence? That's because in his afterlife, he's going to marry me. Um, and, <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm going to like paraphrase this next part because I fucked up my notes. But pretty much, um, it's said that he married somebody. There's no evidence of it. And at one point, Governor Eden... Uh, Teach had said something about like a privateer um, contract and Governor Eden was like, yeah, bro, like go. Uh, this is me paraphrasing, obviously, um, because oh, I thought it was a direct quote. Truly, it was a direct quote. Um, 1718. Yeah, bro, go. <laughs> um, it was a good way like back then. No cap. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> that people in positions of power would like say, yeah, go ahead and take this like privateering contract to pirates, previous pirates to kind of like get them out of their hair. Cause it's, it's like this, it was this whole culture. Like they, they had this in their blood. They needed to do something. They needed to be on the sea. They needed to be like doing something. So pretty much, um, Teach went out and uh, he went to do this privateering thing, but quickly turned back to piracy. Um, and he hit a couple, he hit a couple of ships. Uh, not gonna lie. Um, and he quickly had a warrant issued at one point for his arrest. Um, and then he took two French ships, leaving the Caribbeans, and he moved one crew across to the other and sailed back to Ocracoke, which is, you know, on that Outer Banks area. Um, he, uh, he left what ship he had there, took these other ships. And when he returned back, there were all these people who were like, um, buddy, you're, you're going to go to jail or you're going to get hung or whatever. But, Teach told Eden that he had found the French ships abandoned at sea. Uh, and the court ended up ruling that the ship was indeed a derelict found at sea. So, I mean, who's going to argue with him? Boy, got off. <laughs> but uh, Eden and uh, another person who was in the government from what I remember, basically ended up getting a split of what was found on the French ships that um, Blackbeard commandeered. And that is the first case of lobbying for <laughs> pirating. There we go. Friends. There it is. Um, that was a summary of the notes that I deleted. <laughs> Whoops. So one day while anchored in his favorite spot on uh, Ocracoke, and I hope I say that right, I, I did... Listen to it multiple times. Ogrecoke Inlet. Teach spotted the approaching ship of Charles Vane, another English pirate. 
Apparently, this Charles Vane had at one point been pursued by Teach's old commander, Benjamin Horn-and-Gold. So, Teach decided to join Vane, and they spent several nights on the southern tip of Ocracoke Inlet, along with some other notorious figures, uh, the Israel Hands that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. Robert Deal, and Calico Jack. Which at some point I'm gonna cover him because wowie. Um, <laughs> okay. Here's the thing: there was someone who definitely didn't like Teach, and that guy was Alexander Spotswood, or also known at the time as the Governor of Virginia. Spotswood didn't like Teach, and the other supposedly retired pirates were just chilling nearby off the coast of North Carolina. It also pissed him off that several of Teach's retired crew now lived in some of the Virginian seaport towns. He was such a spaz about it, too, he made a proclamation on July 10th requiring all former pirates to make themselves known to authorities. Like... You got me. They're on a register. It's me. <laughs> right? <laughs> then. Where do I sign up? I just need you guys to know I used to be a pirate. Like, not only did he make them, like, have to sign, like, this register or whatever. He was like, you got to surrender your weapons. Which, like, it's the early 1700s. Okay. Okay. And told them that they, you can't travel in groups larger than three. Like, bro, are you going to police me on this? We're in, we're in little colonies. What are you doing? Ugh. Which I would believe this dude would do. This dude is fucking insufferable. <laughs> like, I can't Seems like him. it. He didn't like anything or anyone. He had this, co- this contempt, i.e. jealousy, for North Carolinians. He didn't believe they were going to be able to control the pirates that were on the Outer Banks, who were literally just out there partying at this point. Leave them alone. Yeah. So Spotswood finds William Howard, who was the former quartermaster for the Queen Anne's Revenge in the area, and thought he might know where Teach's exact location was. So he arrested him. There's all this other stuff that he does, and the courts are like, bro, Spotswood, you can't do that. And eventually, in the end, Howard was found guilty of piracy and sentenced to hang on a bunch of charges that weren't even within Spotswood's jurisdiction. And it's believed to have been done outside of the treaty thing. So, like, Spotswood should have never been able to try this person. So he did things that were illegal? What? Yes. However, this dude's a total dipbag. I can't stand him. Now, Howard was saved in the end by a commission from London, but at this point, Spotswood had gotten plenty of information from Howard on where Teach was. Spotswood personally financed the mission to capture Teach. Like, at this point, if Spotswood had waited and he had, like, sent a letter to, like, the British, they would have funded the mission to go and get Tej. But he wasn't willing to do that. He was like, bro, no, like, 
my dick's so hard for this guy. I got to go out and get him myself. Here's my bank account. Um, people like try to, uh, rationalize this by saying that the reason Spotswood did this is because he thought he was going to get a large treasure off of Teach's boats. Um, but I think it's just because he pride. Yeah, it was pride. I think it was pride. Uh, and I said my notes, uh, believing he had a lot of booty that he could benefit from. This is the only time I put booty in this episode. <laughs> I'm impressed, honestly, with the restraint. I'm not going to lie. So he ordered uh, Captains Gordon and Brand of HMS Pearl and HMS Lime to travel overland to Bath. Lieutenant Robert Maynard of HMS Pearl was given command of two commandeered sloops to approach the town from the sea. Maynard, Maynard found the pirates anchored on the inner side of Ocracoke island on the evening of november 21st he had ascertained their position from ships he had stopped along his journey but being unfamiliar with the local channels and shoals he decided to wait until the following morning to make his attack he stopped all traffic from entering the inlet preventing any warning of his presence and posted a lookout on both sloops to ensure that teach could not escape the sea at the same time, on the other side of the island, Teach was busy partying it up with the guests of and had and hadn't worried about setting up a lookout. So Teach is just like, yeah, more of that wine that we stole like a year. Not ago. worried at all. Yeah, he's not worried. Uh and at the same time, um Israel hands uh was ashore in Bath with about 24 of the adventure sailors. So Teach's crew were like highly reduced at this point. So all the pirates that were with him were on shore and Teach was like on the adventure. At daybreak on November 22nd, the adventure quickly spotted Maynard's two sloops in a small boat and fired on them. So there was like a small like little dinghy that was leading in two of the sloops from um, Maynard coming in. And uh, Blackbeard was like, get fucked. Here's my tanks. My like little boom boom things, whatever they are. Um, Cannons? Yeah, there we go. The technical <laughs> term is boom boom things. Obviously. <laughs> When the there's no cannons on these boats, <laughs> just, I'm just, just I don't know. Um, when the boat made a quick retreat to one of the sloops, Teach cut the adventure's anchor cable. His crew housed the sails, and the adventure turned to point her starboard guns towards Maynard's sloops, which were slowly like closing in the gap. So they were coming in from like a triangle point and like. backing him into a corner. Eventually, um, adventure turned towards the beach of Ocracoke Island, heading for a narrow channel. 
It's not certain what happened next. Some say after an exchange of like small arms fire, the adventure ran aground on a sandbar and Maynard anchored. Another says that the two sloops that were with Maynard ran aground. Um, nobody knows exactly what happened, but from like detailed accounts, here is what quote unquote happened. The adventure eventually turned her guns on the two ships and fired, pretty much taking them out of the game along with a good portion of their crew. Maynard was a smart man, and I put smart, S-M-O-R-T. Of course you did. And had told most of his crew to stay below deck on the the uh, ship that he was on, expecting Teach to board them. And that ship was still up. Which, after some fighting, he did. Um, Teach is said to have like run his ship aground at this point, and somebody had thrown like a grenade or what constituted a grenade at that point, kind of like a smoke bomb at that point. And when the smoke cleared, Teach and his crew like kind of jumped over to Maynard's ship because Teach saw that it was just Maynard and like a group of just a small group of men at the stern. And he was like, oh, yeah, like we took everybody out. Like we're going to go get them. Um However, the rest of Maynard's men then burst from the hold, shouting and firing. So all of those people from below ambush, ambushed them. The plan to surprise Teach and his crew worked. The pirates were apparently taken aback at the assault. Teach rallied his men and the two groups fought across the deck, which was already slick with blood from those killed or injured. Maynard and Teach fired their flintlocks at each other. Maynard managed to hit Teach while Teach missed. Both then threw their flintlocks away and drew their cut cutlasses. And I think flintlocks, like you have a one shot and then you have to spend like 30 minutes like reloading it or whatever. Yeah. Um, Basically, yeah. And that's why they would throw it away. For anybody mm-hmm. who is like me and doesn't Reloaded. Preloaded, ready to fire. You fire it once. Now you might as well just use your cutlass or sword. It was the seventeen hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had to like, you had to do the gunpowder. Then you had to do the the paper or cloth, and then you had to do the round bullet. And you had to push all of it in there, and like, yeah, it was a whole thing. But at this point, teach. And we're not John Wicking this, like. <laughs> Yeah, there's no John Wicking. You can't, like, count the bullets and then reload. It's one. That's it. It's not hard to count. Anybody can do that. Yeah. So Teach broke Maynard's cutlass at the hilt. Against superior training and a slight advantage in numbers, the pirates were pushed back towards the bow, allowing the Jane's crew to surround Maynard and Teach. So at this point, it's like Teach and Maynard are, like, heading off. Um who was by then completely isolated. Teach pressed onward and was about to deliver a killing blow, but was slashed across the neck by one of Maynard's men. So, like, it's Teach and Maynard facing off, and somebody from, like, the crowd... Bad form. Yeah, bad form, for sure. Um, So, gets him across the neck. Um, Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. 
This redirected Teach's Cutlass to strike Maynard's knuckles instead of killing him. Badly wounded, Teach was then attacked and killed by several more of Maynard's crew. So they just like... Descended on him. Yeah. The remaining pirates quickly surrendered. Those left on the adventure were captured by the Wrangler's crew, including one who planned to set fire to the powder room and blow up the ship. Varying accounts exist of the battle's list of casualty. Maynard's report, Maynard reported that eight of his men and 12 pirates were killed. Brand reported that 10 pirates and 11 of Maynard's men were killed. And Spotswoods, which we can't believe anything this dickhead said, claimed 10 pirates and 10 of the king's men were dead. Maynard later examined Teach's body, noting that it had been shot five times and cut about 20. Overkill. He also yeah, found... A bit. Yeah. He also found several items of car- correspondence, including a letter from Tobias Knight, Teach's corpse was thrown into the inlet and his head was suspended from a bowsprit of Maynard's sloop so that the reward could be collected. So they cut his head off. They threw his body into the inlet, cut his head off, and strung it from the shed. Um, Gross. On their return to Virginia, Teach's head was placed on a pole at the entrance of Chesapeake Bay as a warning to other pirates and a greeting to other ships. And it stood there for several years. Ever since then, it's been said that Blackbeard's ghost haunts the spot known as Teach's Hole. Many people have reported seeing the strange light moving beneath the water in the cove. This ghostly light is thought by some to be Blackbeard's spirit swimming through the water, searching for his missing head. Also, That's some sad. people claim that they've heard Blackbeard saying, where's my head on the bay? Which, like, I mean, how are you going to ask for your head if, you, if you're just a body? But, you know, that's my thing. Um maybe it's his whole body he just doesn't realize it maybe fun fact they discovered the queen anne's revenge wreckage in 1996 and they are still working to preserve and document that shipwreck oh that's cool yeah so they actually found the shipwreck um here's my thing i don't think they had to do what they did um I don't feel like, like, yeah, Blackbeard was not, when I went into this, when I originally went into this, which truly was actually like nine months ago, I thought Blackbeard was a completely different person than what I read up on. Like, I didn't think any of this was what would, like, what the thing was. But knowing, like, figuring out what I found out about him. It just kind of seems like he was a dude that was like, bro, uh, y'all fucking suck. I'm going to steal your money. You have more of it anyway. Like, let me take your shit. Which, you know, don't steal from people. But at the same time, like, 
hey, he didn't really hurt anybody. Uh, we're not telling anybody to steal from other people. Yeah, we're not telling anybody to steal from anybody. But um, I don't he was know. a criminal. The punishment does not seem to fit the crime. No. No, I don't believe anybody should die for any reason. It seems like it was more revenge and pride uh, oriented than justice. Yeah, and I think I think what really pisses me off is that Spotswood, it wasn't, his beef wasn't directly with uh, Teach, Edward Teach, or Blackbeard. His beef was with the governors of North Carolina because they were getting, like, more uh, presentation. They were getting more, like, seen than he was in the end. And he felt jealous of that. And he was like, you know what? If these governors can't take care of these pirates, which at the time they weren't pirates, they had been pardoned. They were just like having a good time. And he was like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to just decimate them. So that's my thoughts. What are your thoughts? I mean, I agree. I think I think it was just pride and wanting to make a name for himself and having a personal vendetta against him, against pirates as a whole, wanting to make a name for himself by getting some and being especially vicious in his uh, his dealing with them. So I think it was all very unnecessary, but I think that about a lot of this exact type of thing and yeah. how they dealt with people that they felt like weren't worth weren't worth being considered a human. Yeah. Because they were less than. I agree. So that's Blackbeard. Um, Good not, job. Not- that was that was very informative. I actually had not heard any of the backstory. So oh, that was good. very interesting. It was not what you were expecting, right? No, no, not at all. Not even a little bit. But I know, I know. <laughs> it's not the first time you've surprised me with something different. So I know. Anytime somebody like, it. you you have like this pre existing idea of what Blackbeard's gonna be. Um and a lot of that is like his own legacy of what he created. Like a lot of that to this day is like people's preconceived notion of what Blackbeard is, and it's because of like what he created everyone to believe that he is. And that's what I find so fascinating about it. I'm like, this dude, like, hey, my guy, like, <laughs> pop off. I'm here for it. Uh, I didn't expect any of this when I read it. And there's so much more behind it. I could have had five episodes about Blackbeard. Not going to do that to you guys. Um, my fascination I appreciate the condensed version. <laughs> with pirates is not your fascination with pirates. And I know that. But, uh. Happy Halloween. I'm yeah, absolutely. Pirate. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I think this is where I say I'm delusional. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's delusional. They're all the same. I told you this episode was going to be long. I'm so sorry. Um, Samantha. Yeah, it's way past long time. Where can they find us on the I'm media? De- I'm delirious at this point. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Reaper Tales Podcast. Uh, what's our email? You can email me at reapergals at reapertales.com. Do not email me 
about an instrument. Um, <laughs> please, just please don't do it. Like I see him unless it's a, unless it's a kazoo. If it's a kazoo, please. I'm a master at the kazoo. <laughs> and you guys think I'm joking? <laughs> like I'm not. I have specialty You're made to do a performance on the next episode. Yeah, I have specialty <laughs> made kazoos that I keep in like my pocket in my backpacks. Like I bust them out in meetings. And you think I'm joking? I'm not. This actually doesn't surprise me at all. I'm not. Um, be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, all of the lovely things that I know you beautiful listeners know how to do and are doing and or have done. Um, and you encourage other people to do it too. So we appreciate all of those things. We truly do. We really do. We really do. Um, until next time, we love you. We mean it. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween-y? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Bye. That's it. The reaper will come for us all.